a reading from various proverbs. Anxiety weighs down the human heart, but a good word cheers it up. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. The heart knows its own bitterness, and no stranger shares its joy. Even in laughter, the heart is sad, and the end of joy is grief. A tranquil mind gives life to the flesh, but passion makes the bones rot. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perseverance in it breaks the spirit. A glad heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. The mind of one who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouths of fools feed on folly. All one's ways may be pure in one's own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. The human spirit will endure sickness, but a broken spirit who can bear. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Hear the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. How are we? Super. Thanks, Rhonda. That's great. This morning, we come again to the book of Proverbs. Our passages today are complex. You just heard them. And I am well aware that I need the help of the Holy Spirit to talk about these things. Today, we're discussing some difficult things in life, some of the brokenness that exists in our world some of the hard stuff. So let's pray before we begin. Holy God, would you today reveal to us wisdom from Proverbs? Would you show us the way of wisdom? In the hard, in the difficult, in the brokenness of humanity, Lord, would you show us yourself? Would you show us your ways? In Jesus' name, amen. Fundamentally, the book of Proverbs is a book of advice. Despite its philosophical feel and poetic language, Proverbs does have a pragmatic edge to it. We're supposed to recognize practical advice for living in the pages of the book of Proverbs. To see the way of wisdom and how to walk in it. As we heard in our first week of our series, we're in week four by now. If you didn't catch any of the previous weeks, you can go online and check out any of the previous sermons. I would recommend, they are very good. Uh, and I didn't preach any of them, so I'm not, not big noting myself. Um, <laughs> if we heard in the first week of our series that wisdom is to know how things really are, and wisdom is to also know how things really happen, how they operate, and what to do about those things. What to do about it. Wisdom is dynamic, and wisdom is God. That's a big one. Wisdom is God. God is also a lot of other things, but God is also wisdom. In our second week, we looked at wisdom as something we can learn in the school of life. And Marianne reminded us that our teacher is the Lord. Our grades are less important than the learnings that we take along the way. And that difficulty happens. And we can see these as spontaneous tutorials in the walk of life. Our intellect and emotions are affected in these tutorials of difficulty. But it's important to know that we must deal with the challenges in life. We can't put them under the rug. We must work through them in faith. 
Wisdom involves wrestling with life's big questions. Faith involves wrestling with life's big questions. And faith community, what we're doing here, and reading scriptures can help us to do that. Last week, we saw how wisdom is grounded in knowing God. We looked at how the heart is involved in wisdom. And knowing and experiencing God is the main thing in our lives. It needs to be the main thing in our lives. This requires faith from us. And people in our world make faith decisions every single day and don't realize it. They take steps of faith. Maybe not faith steps towards God always, but they do make decisions based on faith. We just don't frame it that way. Trust in God is wisdom. Trust in God is wisdom. It is the way of wisdom. And as we trust and fear God, we walk in the way of wisdom. And that's the important part I want to focus on this morning, the way of wisdom, how we walk in wisdom, how we walk with God. The book of Proverbs speaks today, the verses we looked at, about the brokenness that exists in humanity, about the hard things that we face. Life is not all sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops. I wish it was, but it's not. We know life can be hard. There is pain, brokenness, loss, grief, heartache, heartbreak. These are all a part of the journey of life. Facing this and not being naive is a part of growing and walking in the way of wisdom. Knowing that hard is a part of the journey. Knowing that difficult, challenge, brokenness is a part of walking this life. Our readings from Proverbs stress this. Life can be a struggle. And I don't pretend to have all the answers today. I don't have them. But God does. And as we talk about these Proverbs this morning, I don't think we're going to find complete solutions for all of our difficulties. But we will find pragmatic advice grounded in faith. And my hope today for all of us in this room and those online is that if you are facing anything that we touch on this morning in your life, any distress or brokenness or difficulty in any of the areas that we go through that you will find solid pragmatic advice in the book of Proverbs. So let's dive straight in. I, uh, I have a lot of Proverbs to get through, so I'm going to be speedy, I promise. I'm going to go fast. But I pray for you and for me that we discover truth, we discover the way of wisdom this morning. Our first proverb says, anxiety weighs down the human heart, but a good word cheers it up. Anxiety weighs down the human heart, but a good word cheers it up. This is not talking about clinical anxiety or medical depression in that sense, but the anxiety of the burden of worry in our lives, the anxiety that we feel like a weight upon us. Has anyone ever felt the weight? To be honest, with a pandemic happening in our world, this type of anxiety is commonplace very commonplace. I dare to say everyone in this room has felt the weight. Worry about what tomorrow may bring or having to go back in another lockdown, what that will bring. Proverbs tells us that a good word cheers it up. Doesn't get rid of it, cheers it up, the heart. Lifts the weight slightly, helps it to cope. Instead of being squashed, just lifts that burden. Not that words can magically make things better, because of course they can't, but that our spirits can be lifted by a good word. That weight can be lightened upon our heart. Say, for instance, have you ever paid someone a compliment 
and seen their whole face light up immediately? Have you ever encouraged somebody and seen that physical change in a person's life? That's what a good word can do. It can just lighten the load. We're told in other verses in the book of Proverbs that we didn't read this morning that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. And we encouraged that in the book of James in the New Testament, our words have power to pull down and to build up. You might not know it this morning, but you have a superpower. You're all superheroes. And your superpower is your words. By your words, you can encourage and you can destroy. Your word is powerful. You're made in the image of God and God created all that is with his word. Your words can change a person's life. It can also hurt. And I think we all know that too well. You have been given a gift, the power of your words. Our next proverb talks about hope. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Many of us in recent days have needed to defer hope, put something to the side. Perhaps we have wanted to see loved ones or family members across borders or across seas, but have been able, unable to do so. We've had to defer that, that hope that opportunity to see those people. This is difficult, and many have told about the toll that that takes. It makes the heart sick, the struggle, the pain from not being able to see people, loved ones. Similar to the weight of anxiety, this has an effect on the heart, and in ancient Jewish literature, the heart is not just the emotional side, not the emotive side only. In modern days, we talk about emotion only for the heart. But the heart in ancient Jewish literature talked about the whole being of a person, including their soul and their spirit. Your heart is you. Your heart is all of you. The way of wisdom tells us that this is difficult. It's tough having to defer that hope. But in the midst of that, we understand that a deferment is exactly that. Putting something to the side is a deferment just for a time. And wisdom would tell us to know that things will change. It might take longer than we hope. It might be hard. But eventually, fulfillment will come. And it will be like tasting from a tree of life. Have you ever had a really great meal that just was incredible? Last week I made a brisket. It was so good. So good, I rubbed it with spices, left it for 24 hours, put it in the slow cooker. For any non-meat is in here, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for any vegetarians or vegans in the room, but, but oh, it was the tree of life. It wasn't quite the tree of life, but it was good. When that hope gets to be picked up, perhaps when we get to see those loved ones again, or whatever hope you might have needed to defer, it will be refreshing, it will be life to your bones, the tree of life. That can be little solace when we're experiencing the pain. But the way of wisdom says that we need to see the long view. We need to see from another perspective. And it can be very difficult, but there is hope. Our next proverb says, the heart knows its own bitterness, but no stranger shares its joy. The heart knows its own bitterness. No stranger shares its joy. This is pretty depressing, actually. It's important to consider 
that we don't know the heart of another. Either the depths or the heights, not truly. We might be able to empathize with others due to similar experiences we've had, but we have not lived in another person's shoe. And the way of wisdom says we should be careful not to assume that we understand the pain, the heartache, or the difficulty of another person. And on the flip side, we should also, conversely, know that we can't quite understand the joy, the celebration, and the happiness of another. Not truly. That doesn't mean we don't try to understand other people. Of course we do. We are called to love each other as Christians. But it's important to realize that we can't fully, and the only person who can know fully the heart is God. It is God who doesn't just see the outward appearance, but he sees the heart. He knows you more fully than you even know yourself. Practically, this means for us as believers, Christian people, that knowing and trusting God when we or others are going through hard times, when we are going through difficulty, the best way to live is to understand that God knows, to take solace in that. The big theological word is that God is omniscient. He knows all. He is all-knowing. He truly knows us. He truly knows you. Others might not truly be able to know the depth of your soul or the height of your joy, but God does. King David understood this, and he wrote in Psalm 139, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. God knows. Knows the depths and he knows the heights of our heart. The way of wisdom is to know that God knows. Our next proverb says, even in laughter the heart is sad and the end of joy is grief. This is a difficult one because it tells us that there is heartache, that there is going to be difficulty. We have to face that life is not going to be easy. We can't sweep that under the rug. Sometimes in Christian circles, this is a habit. We just, we, oh, that's not nice. We just put that, we don't, don't want to talk about that. It's not comfortable. It's not happy. But life is hard. Life is hard. Sometimes the heart is sad, even in laughter. Sometimes grief stays for a very, very long time and may never truly pass. Eventually, all things will become to an end. All pain will end. We are promised this in Scripture. One day, it will all be made perfect in eternity. But while we are here on this earth, we need to know that Joy and sorrow are a part of the bargain. They have their season. They are a part of the game. Knowing this and believing that they come for a time and will end helps us to strengthen our faith, to have a greater view of our circumstance than we might not have otherwise had. The Apostle Paul spoke about this to the Corinthian church when they were facing persecution like this. So we do not lose heart. 
Even though our nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day, even though we face all these difficulties. For this slight affliction, slight affliction, good one, Paul, this slight affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary. What we see day by day is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. Having a heavenly perspective, an eternal perspective, can help us practically in our walk, knowing that there will be a season for heartache and pain, but also for joy and celebration and happiness. This enables us to see our circumstances differently. And it's really important that we have a heavenly mindset, an eternal mindset. And when we do that, it helps us to understand the next problem, in fact, which says, a tranquil mind gives life to the flesh, but passion makes the bones rot. A tranquil mind gives life to the flesh, but passion makes the bones rot. That sounds nice, doesn't it? A tranquil mind. Anyone want a tranquil mind here? Just stay still for a moment, take a deep breath. Oh, that's nice. A tranquil mind. This is something we can indeed have even in the midst of the darkest storm. We can have this through relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not always easy to find, but we are promised supernatural peace in our relationship with God. Sometimes it's hard. I won't deny that. But this is a part of the Christian life, the promise of peace that gives life to our flesh. This is a beautiful thing. But passion, passion for things that are not directed correctly can make the bones rot, is what this proverb says. Passion that doesn't get released in the right way, that doesn't get funneled, directed, it can burn inside until we pop, perhaps in anger, perhaps in violence, perhaps in just a nasty word that tears somebody down instead of building somebody up. Passion misdirected. The way of wisdom is to actively seek tranquility and peace with God and to have passion. Yes, have passion. We all need passion. Otherwise, we don't have drive. But to have that passion directed in the right way, a godly way that will not rot the bones, that is directed for others, not for ourselves. The famous author of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis, said it like this, talking about desire and passion in the Christian life. He said, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, our passions and desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us, like ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday by the sea. We are far too easily pleased. The way of wisdom is to direct our desires and passions rightly out of an eternal mindset that we just discussed before. Paul expresses this in Colossians chapter 3. He says, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. And if we reflect just on the last proverb, to take the mind off the temporary and put it onto the eternal. It doesn't mean we remove ourselves from the world, not at all. It means we direct our passion to seeing the eternal happen in our world. The way of wisdom is to follow 
godly passion and not let it rot in our bones. Our next proverb says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. The way of wisdom is to keep our word pure and gentle, to not only be honest and truthful, but to speak with care and integrity. Many of us, myself, have been guilty of using the truth like a bulldozer at times. If we know something is true, we can't help but jump in and get the words out to prove that other person wrong. But this is, in fact, perverting the truth, using the truth as a weapon to hurt for our own gain, rather than using the truth as a weapon to correct rightly and fairly. Perverting truth can happen by our motivations. We can correct somebody, and we might be right, but the way we do it can pervert what is happening, what we are trying to say. It's really important that we keep a gentle tongue, that we use our words softly, carefully, especially when we're correcting others. The Bible speaks about correction. We're encouraged in Proverbs to be disciplined and to correct. But it needs to be done with love and care. These are the greatest commandments. If we don't do that, we're perverting the truth. We see in the next proverb something similar. A glad heart makes a cheerful countenance. You ever see somebody who's just glad and you can see it on their face, the joy emanating? But by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. There's the flip side. The mind of one who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouths of fools feed on folly. In a similar way to perverting the truth, it can be easy for things to break. And once again, this is facing the hard things in life. It doesn't take much for a cheerful countenance to change into sorrow and the heart being broken. It doesn't take much for somebody to be knowledgeable, but then use that knowledge poorly and be a fool. We have pretty important roles to play as Christian people in our world, to be people of integrity, honesty, truth. But if that's not done in love, we will break people's spirits. We will be the fools. Does anyone want to be a fool? I don't. Dear God, help. We can only do this if we seek the way of wisdom. We follow Jesus. We are supposed to seek knowledge. We are supposed to want to learn. But foolish choices can still happen if we don't seek wisdom. We can have great knowledge We can understand many things, but we can also make foolish decisions if we are not wise. The way of wisdom says, learn as much as you can, especially of scripture and of the Christian life. Most importantly, learn of Jesus. Make him the bedrock of your life. But we need wisdom. If we make Jesus the bedrock of our life, we will be unlikely to deceive ourselves and be foolish. Because there is another truth here that we need to understand, and it's in our next proverb. 
All one's ways may be pure in one's own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Proverbs and the Bible tell us that our inclination might not always be right. It might not always be correct. The natural inclination of the human heart is to sin, to do wrong, to seek one's own benefit and not the benefit of another. That's the natural inclination. To prove yourself right and turn the other person, yeah, don't worry about them. Just the world teaches us, stand up for yourself, make your own way. Worry about numero uno, guys. But that's not the way of wisdom. And that's not how to follow Jesus. We are broken. And the way of wisdom says that we need to understand that we are needing God's help. That we need him to shape, change us, direct us, guide us. Paul said there is no one righteous, not even one. Not even the very best of us. The way of wisdom is to be aware of this in ourselves and to work at ways to combat it by the help of the Holy Spirit and the grace and mercy of God. We must know that sometimes our gut isn't right. I said this in the earlier service. A lot of us trust our gut. I don't know about you, but you go, I just trust my gut. But sometimes our gut can be very wrong. We need wisdom from on high to make decisions. We are human beings and we are frail. And our second last proverb tells us this in abundance. We are frail. The human spirit will endure sickness, but a broken spirit who can bear. We have limits as human beings. We have limits. Some of us are strong enough to endure sickness. But if our spirit is broken, well, that's another, that's another thing entirely. Even as Christians who were reborn in this life to a new and living hope, we are not strong enough on our own. This is the beauty of the gospel. Jesus came to not only save you from your sin, but then help you live a life. He left the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the helper, to empower us, to make it through. We are a community of faith that gather to worship. But we don't do that alone. We do that by God's help and by the Holy Spirit. The way of wisdom is to understand that we are frail, that we are broken, that we do make mistakes, that we are not perfect. And that's not to get down on ourselves. That's not to point the finger and blame woe is me game. It's to go, I am not perfect, but he is and in him, I am righteous. Thanks to what he did. Nothing in me. Trusting not in our own righteousness, but Jesus, who is the righteous one. And if we do that, we can live as the righteous person who is mentioned in our last proverb this morning. We can live this way. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And we have faith to believe that we are who Jesus says we are. We can be as bold as a lion in this life. Even with our brokenness, our insecurity, our suffering, our grief, our heartache, we can be bold. And the wicked person will flee when no one pursues. That's irrational. 
That's fearing something that isn't there. And in the world that we face, there is a lot of irrationality out there at the moment. There's a lot of fear-mongering. But as people who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we can be bold. We don't need to live in fear. Knowing that we are weak, but He is strong. This is the way of wisdom. To put God first in all things. To be gentle. To speak kindly. To love our neighbor. To speak truth. These are just some of many ways we see of the wisdom in Proverbs practically in our lives. My prayer for us this morning is that we would walk in them. In Jesus' name.